What we're talking about is people having experiences that are so far out of their worldview and their world paradigm. And our our authorities are not helping them in any way to to put hooks in and ground themselves into reality. I mean, we know from remote viewing in our precognitive dreams that this is uh, something that we can do as human beings, but mm -hmm. but you still have to face the reality of why. And it was just so vivid. Uh, it was so unusual. It was a plane crash. It was so vivid. And not only was it uh, the plane, the dream had my dream had two planes, a large passenger plane and a small plane. I had seen in the dream people run out holding a flag. You had an image of a Japanese flag, essentially. Yeah. So the question is, who's giving you this image? You just have to ask, like, where's that coming from? Right now on Higher Journeys with Alexis Brooks. Look who I have here. Look who I have here, not just one, but both of the <laughs> dynamic duo, Richard and Tracy Dolan. Hello, friends. Happy New Year. How are you? Happy New Year to you as well. <laughs> You're checking really Richard to see what Tracy says first. <laughs> I know. We're not used to doing this. I had this, to look so over and this. I had to find out, is it okay to say Happy New Year? <laughs> so I'm just, I'm just saying things that she wants me to say. Oh, this is a treat. Have you guys, so I have to ask the question, am I, am I getting the, 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 what, what do you call it? Is this a first for the two of you guesting on a show together with, a, I know you've been no. on together, but with. No, this might be yeah. like in a video thing. I got the I, I think that's possible. Yeah. Since I, we had our show together. Yeah, I think yeah. so. But I even as it. a guest on someone else's show. Yeah. I don't think we've I don't think so. ever. No. I got, so got us. Y'all. That's great stuff. Well, there's yeah. good reason. Let's get down to it. There's good reason we have these lovely people, my friends, on today. We're going to be talking. Well, we're going to be talking about consciousness, right? Consciousness is all. Uh, we're going to be talking about UFOs, of course. How could we not with Mr. Dolan uh, before us? But most importantly, we're going to be talking about an event that Ms. Tracy has put together. May I say, well, I can't say fully single-handedly. Richard, you had to have a hand in putting together the consciousness connection. Yes. Tell us about how this is a team work. effort. We have, this is a team. Tracy is the inspiration for this. That's absolutely true. Uh, it's her vision. Uh, but no, we're, there's, Tracy's working at it. I'm working on it. We have our own team of people who are working behind the scenes to make this happen. And you know what? what? The uh, participants, such as yourself, Alexis, as, myself, yeah. as well as other participants, everyone is helping to um, to do their part and to make that, I think, a really positive thing. We're doing this at the end of January, the 27th and 28th. It's like a virtual weekend hangout. And um, it's a funny thing. Like people, I don't want to keep talking too much here. Oh, go ahead. Go but ahead. Uh, people always say, well, Richard Dolan, why are you into consciousness? <laughs> yeah. What is this? You're supposed to be facts and UFO and all of that. And that is true. But I'm like, hey, don't tell me what I'm supposed to be interested in or not. <laughs> so I have been interested in things like remote viewing long before I knew Tracy. It's fascinating. I've inquired about it. And um, I mean, there's just a lot of genuinely fascinating questions that uh, the things that you and Tracy study every day. So I'm happy to just be part of that. 
Well, I, I had this on my hit list of questions to ask you, Richard, but I think I'm gonna go ahead and do it now. We're, we're just jumping the gun <laughs> a little bit. What have you learned since you've been with Ms. Tracy Garbett slash Dolan about consciousness since this is, I know you've been, you said that you have had an interest in mm -hmm. these subjects a bit more elusive, a little intangible, but what have you gained in terms of a sense of importance and, and maybe perhaps how it's influenced your own research? Yeah, a lot. Uh, what people need to understand is that this lady and I have the best conversations in the morning, at night, middle of the day, doesn't matter. We, this is really why I think we get along as well as we yeah. do. We have great conversations. I learn so much from her. We, we have, each of us has something that we bring to the mix, mm -hmm. but so from Tracy, I have, uh, you know, she's interested in a lot of different things, but in terms of current, we talk a lot about things like precognition. Mm -hmm. Now that's a weird thing. I would say 20, 30 years ago, I had little to no interest or belief in something like that because I didn't understand how that could even make sense. Uh, and it's hard to figure out like, how does it make sense? But the fact is uh, through Tracy, and um, this is just one thing, like we've had a number of recent conversations about precognition and you, know, you think about it. It's just such a common sense thing. Like someone has a vision of something that hasn't yet occurred. Mm -hmm. How does that happen? Why does that happen? What does that say about the nature of time? Causality. Who's running this reality? Retro causality. Indeed. And, and right what does now. it say about our abilities? This is what Tracy is always talking to me about. She constantly will say, we are much more than we have been led to believe. And I firmly believe that, especially I get to see her up close and personal, how she operates, how she thinks. And I've, I've seen it. On top of that, she is... Uh, really into recording her dreams. And I, I get to hear, the, I'm on the receiving end of her dreams I'm every sorry. morning. Yeah. She's like, okay, here's another one I gotta give you. But like, they're they're very interesting. And and she's had precog dreams, yes, which are well. very interesting. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've learned a lot. She's really opened me up in terms of what what are we? What is, uh, how how do we understand how conscious human consciousness can interact with the rest of the world, with the outside. What is, is there a field? Mm. What is that? So all of this are, it's just a fa endlessly fascinating series. It most certainly is. I, I echo that sentiment, Richard. And as Tracy and I have spent a little bit of time talking offline over the last several months, really, yeah. um, we share that in common and this this mm. idea of exploring the, the, the frontiers, if I may borrow a term from your lecture yeah. series, <clears throat> of of the mind and of consciousness and the possibility. This is something I too have immersed myself in uh, since really childhood, certainly not having the, the, the kind of research base back then, more experiential, but certainly precognition, uh, dreams, et cetera, have been something that has been a part of my life for a long time. So that being said, I'm going to use it as a segue to go into Tracy. Consciousness Connection is the event that you've put together beautifully, and I am very honored that you've asked me to uh, to speak uh, a part of a great lineup that includes my friend Anthony Peak, J.K. Ultra, Patricia Cyrus, Dale Graff, Michelle Freed, and guess what? Special guest, drumroll, Russell Targ. That's right. So you know we're going to be talking about remote viewing. You know <laughs> we're going to be talking about dreams, precognition, retrocausation, or some people call it retrocognition. 
NDEs, OBEs, how they may be connected to the UFO contact phenomenon. Mm -hmm. Tracy, as you and I, we just chatted online for our show last month. One of the things that we talked about is where we're headed, this sort of market shift that undeniably we're all feeling at some level and what we'll need to be prepared to navigate this trajectory. Would you say that this event will be, I'm I'm giving you a leading question. (laughs) (laughs) Will this event help in that people making that shift? In other words, or I should say, was this part of the impetus for your wanting to put it together right now to get us ready? Um, I think, I think yes, absolutely. Um, I love the idea. I take these things from my own growth and my own learning, you know, over decades of doing this. And I've found that it's always been important to me to learn the knowledge, the theories, uh, the wisdom that's been gained. But also we have to have a practical component where we learn this for ourselves. You know, we experience Um, we go outside of the argument that's out there of whether these things exist, whether remote viewing is real, whether, you know, precognition is real. We go outside of that and we try these things for ourselves. So I wanted to have the balance inside of this, of um, the theory, the thinking, the, the thought leaders who are really pushing the envelope, the people like Russell Targ and Dale Graff and Patricia Cyrus and Anthony Peak and everybody else who've been really digging and digging at and thinking about uh, consciousness in a particular way, looking at, at it over years, looking back at all the experiments that they've been involved in, the official experiments, what they have learned from this. And then I wanted the other people Uh, who are also a part of that, but who also are more into uh, helping people internalize this and feel it for themselves, So, such as yourself. I thought that was a really important component for people to uh, be invited to talk about their extraordinary experiences and then learn different ways that they can integrate it. Because so many times, how all of us have heard I'm telling you this for the first time. You know, how many times have we heard that where we're at a conference and people come up to us and um, they sometimes they don't even remember until there was a trigger at the conference and they remember and they need to talk about it. Or people who've come up in tears because they've been holding on to something so strongly and the dam just broke, Mm. you know. So um, there's I feel like there's a little bit of service that those of us who have been exploring most of our lives um, have an opportunity to impart for those who are looking for the information. And I, that's why for you in particular, I think your lecture workshop is one of uh, the very important parts of this conference. And uh, for myself and Michelle Freed, uh, we are going to bring a little bit of remote viewing. Michelle's going to actually teach a class again for people to just give it a try. Nobody has to be on camera. You can try it at home and just feel for yourself and watch what happens, how easy it is when you can get into a relaxed state, your brain is able to tap into the greatest, I don't know what to call it right field. now. This, yeah, sure. The This field, the consciousness field, <laughs> And see that we are all connected. Um, we prove this to ourselves. Mm-hmm. So there's actually going to be a few opportunities for people to try this. Um, then we, we're going to have things like uh, Dale Graf and Patricia will be offering some ways to uh, help people 
um, or suggest to people how they can try cultivating precognitive dreams themselves. I think we're also going to talk about this because surprisingly, yeah. even though they don't fully overlap, they're all into this. It's, you know, it's such a fundamental question because you're going outside of time. You are going outside of time and we're really looking at who are we? <laughs> you know, who are we really? And as you said, that I always say, you know, we are so much more than we've ever been led uh, to believe. And I'm really at the heart of it, hoping that this conference just offers people a bit of a buffet yeah, of it. things to try and things to learn. So I love it. Can I add one thing? Yes, you may. We have <laughs> um, two, we have Dale Graff and Russell Targanus. Both of them are almost 90. Both of them are very brilliant. Both of them have spent their entire lifetimes, essentially, engaged in this psi phenomena in different ways. And both of them have gotten to a point where they are, they're into <laughs> precognitive dreams. Yeah. This mm -hmm. is a big thing for both of them. And uh, the only other thing I just want to mention here is that Dale and, and Patty... The work that they are doing in precognitive dreams is genuinely fascinating and mind blowing. And you know, it's not it's not for us to give give all of their research away here, but basically what they've done is they've created very exact protocols. Very uh they it's triple blind as they put it. Okay. And and Dale apparently has like got phenomenal capability with doing this. And he will have, he records his dreams very diligently. And on many occasions, he's basically done what you could call a remote view through his dreams. So when he wakes up, he draws out just like a remote viewer would. What did I see? What was this? What was the images? And then they have this system by which they look on in the news a couple of days later. And many times what he yeah. saw occurred. Well, what they've actually done, this is an official study that they're going to be presenting. So everything was done in, a, in an official capacity, uh, sort of under laboratory type settings, you know, trying to take eliminate every area of error or every area that could come into question. Very careful about what they've done. Yeah. So yeah. and they also have independent judges who look over the remote views and uh choose which remote view looks like it matches the future news story. So mm -hmm. it's, I, uh, I can't wait for people to learn about this study. They've done others since it's crazy. Um, but he, this is the thing. Dale Graff, uh, ran project Stargate. He ran that program for okay. 20 years. He actually named the program. Um, so he was so deep into that, but the thing that most people don't know probably is he's super psychic, but he's mm -hmm. also super psychic in his dreams. So mm -hmm. he can almost exclusively get the targets with his dreams. Uh, so he has a fascinating story. He had a huge precognitive dream that happened at one point in his life that shook him to his core. And uh, we're going to get him to talk about that story. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then everything just unfolded and changed his whole path from there. So they each person at this conference has 
a lifetime of incredible experiences and stories. And I'm really hoping that we can bring all of that forward for everyone during the conference. That, oh, absolutely. That, so, well, you know, obviously we'll have a link in the description and more that'll lead you to the website that gives you all the details you need to know. You guys, I'm so excited. I'm like, okay, I'm speaking. I'm doing my <laughs> workshop, by the way, Between Two Worlds is the name of the workshop where I'll be as well delving into that altered state um, vis-a-vis not just meditation, but other other areas of mind alteration where we can learn to sort of calibrate left and right, calibrate the scene with the unseen to bring about some equilibrium. Because we got a lot of people do having experiences <clears throat> that are not able to reconcile those experiences or or walk literally between two worlds. Having these experiences on the one hand that are completely out of the realm of what we're familiar with here on terra firma, and then waking up or where, from wherever you're coming from, having to go to work the next day and reconciling that, adjusting to that. And there are a lot of people that are lost there. So, but what I love about this conference, uh, Tracy and Richard, is that all of these things carry a common theme and you touched on it, Tracy. It's that we are, I'm trying to think of another way of saying it, not only far more than we have been told, we're infinite mm-hmm. in our capacity. Mm-hmm. We're infinite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These are just, these things are just scratching the surface and and my kudos to people like Dale and Russell and Ingo, God bless you on the other side. And all these people, Pat Price, Mm -hmm. who dared walk those fine lines um, to help us understand and, and, and utilize to an extent some of the farther reaches, reaches of the mind. The whole precognition thing is super exciting to me, by the way, Uh, like super Question: In some of the teachings, will will this be pertaining to self-initiated precognition dreams? Like, in other words, really talk about that a little bit. That's huge. Well, um, Russell talks about this as well. So, because he's gone through his own <laughs> journey with it, uh, but yeah, he's going to give his own protocols for uh, setting the stage and recognizing precognitive dreams. I mean, he brings up a really good point that. Um, sometimes we don't actually know how to recognize them. So he's going to talk about that. Uh, with Dale Graff and Patricia, yes, we asked them specifically uh, at the end to talk about how people can do this for themselves. So I don't want to give this all away because it's a little bit different for each person. But for theirs, they have come to a very reliable system of relaxing the mind and targeting the mind. Uh, they often, Patricia and Dale will often call remote viewing an, at, uh, an attention management sort of exercise. And so they will speak sort of specifically to that, priming the pump, uh, priming the mind before sleep, and uh, just the protocols that they go through. And it's a little bit different for each of them. So that that will be really interesting. And kind of a way of like training the mind, basically, right? Am I wrong here? They're going you're going through a process of these protocols are designed to train your mind over a period of time, I would think. So that you can kind of get into that that mode is well, yeah. I mean, it's different, right? Because it's in dreams. So it's not like conscious remote viewing where you can really control what the mind is doing, you know, prior to couldn't it be like if you're like I just gotta think. Going over this over and over, like you can tell before you go to sleep. Could you? Because I've heard people saying, like, I can will myself into. I want to lose a dream, you know. And people will 
yeah. talk about this. And then eventually, from what I hear, I haven't done it, uh, some people will do that. So I'm just wondering if, if that's going on, a little bit of Willing. kind of conscious mind training the unconscious oh, mind. Oh, for sure. For <clears throat> sure. And there's, I mean, there's different known <clears throat> ways to sort of attempt to induce it, just like with uh, lucid mm -hmm. dreaming, people will focus on their hands, their there's different ways to sort of prime the space before you go to sleep. Mm -hmm. And even for myself, uh, one of the things I talk about in my own lecture is an experiment that I did on myself to increase my uh, lucidity in my dreaming. I wasn't necessarily aiming for lucid dreams. I was aiming to increase, luc increase lucidity overall. Mm -hmm. And one of the um, unintended uh, things that happened was that I started to have more precognitive dreams. It was oh. such, uh, it was completely <clears throat> unexpected, not what I was going for. Uh, so I'm going to share in my lecture the things that I did during <clears throat> this experiment that yielded this result. And um, so it happened during the uh, experiment, but then since then I have uh, done some other things and they have in fact yielded just in this past week the biggest precognitive dream I've had in my life. So, really? um, mm -hmm. which you're not going to share here, of course, because you got to come to the conference. Little... I, I think teaser? it's fair. I I'll mean, give I, a little I can, teaser. I can vouch for it. Um, well, we should just mention the, uh, the, yeah. the Japan airline uh, crash that happened uh, about a week, a little so over a week ago. Not a happy thing. <clears throat> not a no. happy thing. And I don't know why it happened <clears throat> either. But, um, this is another thing that's going to be part of the lectures is scoring yourself, right? Mm -hmm. So when um, when you have a dream, of course, you never know that it's going to be precognitive. Right. And so there, there have to be ways that you record it in the morning. There's a need. I mean, the only way you can start talking about this is there's a need to record. You know, you have to be recording your dreams because you never know when they're going to be precognitive, right? Right. So um, this particular morning, I was doing what I always do. So I get up early, early, pre-dawn, and I do a large meditation. But if I have a significant dream that has certain qualities that stand out to me that I'm suspicious of, because once you've seen this, you start to see a little bit of pattern in yourself. Correct. You start to recognize your own subconscious language, which is another thing all my lectures are about. Learn Doing these things to learn your own subconscious language. But so I recognized some of these traits and it was just so vivid uh it was so unusual it was a plane crash and it was uh detailed so um when i have something like that i don't even leave it to writing i voice record it to timestamp mm -hmm. it then i draw it out in my journal and then as soon as this one gets up <laughs> he can't even open his eyes and i'm telling him about it mm -hmm. so i actually did that forgot about it uh this was on january 2nd and uh, on January 3rd, this is so funny, I was watching a lecture of Dale Graff's online at night. And um, he was talking about one of his biggest precognitive dreams that had to do with a plane crash. And in that moment, I remembered, this is January 3rd, I remembered I had the dream of the planes. And um, I uh, paused it and thought I never even checked the news, you know, yeah. and I thought, I doubt there's anything, you know, cause we're so busy. We're, you know, sometimes we just don't look right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Googled it and all over the place, it was this huge, you know, crash. What was um, your response when you, what was your first reaction when you saw it? Um, yeah. she interrupted the live stream I was giving <laughs> for our website. 
That's what you did. I did. <laughs> I, I was, I, I was in shock, honestly. And because I mean, how rude is that? I no, did. No, it was not. No, rude. no, it but I fine. would never normally do it. But my reaction was so authentic. You know, I was just, absolutely. I was so surprised right. because it was so vivid. And not only was it uh, the plane, the dream had my dream had two planes, a large passenger plane and a small plane. And all of the people in my dream were outside of the plane and safe after it landed and from the large, from plane. the large <clears throat> plane and the small plane, they were all inside and they were super calm and mellow and they were all wearing suits, um, these white suits. So I actually thought it was the space shuttle and astronauts, but I had the two planes. And then the piece, the final piece was I had seen in the dream people run out holding a flag and it had a big sphere in the middle of it, um, which was, you know, the Japan flag. Japan flag that's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, so it, when this happens, it, even though people like you and me have been studying ourselves for ever, mm -hmm. it never, you never get used to when something like this happens, especially in reality. And it has to do with the well-being of people. And thankfully, I mean, this is a terrible thing to say, but thankfully, all of those people survived. There were five that did not. Right. But it could have been much worse. It was called one of the most miraculous saves of human life. And um, but you wonder, I mean, we know from remote viewing in our precognitive dreams that this is uh, something that we can do as human beings. But mm -hmm. but you still have to face the reality of why. Also, and I may just say that she had this very definite image of a Japanese flag in the dream. And I remember Tracy told me all about this before we had any inkling. And I'm not sure if it was literally precognitive in your case, right? We talked oh, right. about this. So this because is... you woke up uh, a couple of hours after that event, but we had no knowledge of it. So psychic, mm -hmm. precog, whatever. Right. But here's the thing that I want to just emphasize. You had an image of a Japanese flag, essentially. Yeah. So the question is, who's giving you this image? Where is this coming <laughs> okay. from? Okay, this is now we're getting we're getting this, into some serious. We're going like, into symbolic, Alexis which I, oh, this is I, deep <laughs> stuff, right? This yeah. is right up our alley. Well, well, let's you know what indulge us, journeyers. Let's stay here for a little bit, Tracy, because as you see me nodding voraciously, it's because <laughs> precog precognitive dreams for me has been really the the bedrock of my. Mm -hmm. what you would call psi experiences. And I'm recalling a dream. I'm not going to go into, to, I, I have a ton I could share with you, but I just want to put this out there in terms of plane crashes, particularly Egypt air. And I'm trying to remember, this was many years ago, the big Egypt air crash, nineties ish. I want to say I, early nineties, the encyclopedia well. right here. And I can't remember. Of it. Yeah. We'll, we'll look it up after and maybe I can even put it in post. Um, but I dreamt of that crash prematurely prematurely or precognitively. And I remember elements, I won't go into all of it now, but I remember elements. I was literally on the flight walking down the aisle and, but, but I was on it, but wasn't, I was there as an observer of what was about to go down. Wow. I have it written in one of my journals. Wow. That, wow. Oh, absolutely. I've had several um, precogs having to do with disaster. And this again, which has been studied 
vigorously, rigorously by the likes of Dean Radin, as an example. Yeah. Uh, Larry Dossie is somebody else who uh, wrote extensively about 9-11 precog dreams and how many oh. people were having Iceland, I think, was another big event where people um, had a lot of precog dreams. So the question, kind of oh, piggybacking yeah. on what you're saying, Richard, is, uh, I think, was the why of it all. What what else did you say? Well, why? there's a high level of intelligence involved in that symbolism. Yes. In, in Tracy's dream, someone's trotting out basically a Japanese flag. And you just have to ask, like, where's that coming from? Where's it coming from? Is that okay, coming that out was of your question. subconscious? Is that coming out of something <laughs> higher? And and that's thinking, okay, I want her to know that this is in Japan. Okay, let's show her a Japanese flag. Like, yes. does it, does it yeah. work like that? Well, well, it's interesting, yeah. Alexis. I just want to add that for yeah. me, I was there as well. You know, I was running because the plane was coming down super low and it was massive. And I was running because I knew I was going to be obstructed from where it was landing. And so I was there. I ran to it, saw all of the people were fine. But I actually went and walked through the small plane. So, I mean, mm -hmm. all of these elements are so fascinating of are there parts of ourselves? Well, I mean, there's the way that we can talk of it, about it where we, were all, we are all one mind, right? But then why does this part get separated out? And some people get it and some people Absolutely. do not. And yeah. why is it the uh, these disaster events? I mean, I think we can surmise mm -hmm. the disaster events. And why this disaster event out of exactly. so many others. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because we know that disaster events have large energetic um, emotional signatures. Yeah. Emotional signatures. Yeah. Thank you. We know this from the random generator mm. uh, experiment oh, yeah, right. that's going on all over the world. We uh, So they saw this with 9-11, that, that there was this huge um, emotional imprint that started almost, I think, 11 or 12 hours before. And that's when there's an emotional imprint that actually will enhance your ability to pick something up, right? Right. I so think right. for those of us who might have been... I don't even want to say that we were necessarily cultivating this because there are lots of people out there that don't work on decoding their minds right. at all. And they might perceive this as well. And perhaps all of us are able to perceive it. Uh, it's just a matter of those of us who have cleared some things away, perhaps, and we can uh, perceive it a little more easily. I, I don't know, but it's endlessly fascinating because it really... Um, makes us think more deeply about who we really are, especially when everything crazy is going on in the world right now. Absolutely. I think it's yeah. nice to bring it back to who we are. We don't even know. Who we can be, who we can become. Yeah. Um, yeah. In terms of the, going back to your question, Richard, where is this coming from that begs a cornucopia <laughs> of theories from Sheldrick's morphic fields, mm -hmm to the zero point, I mean, they all kind of boil down to the same fundamental idea. David Bohm addressed this in um, uh, um, his, uh, oh gosh, help me with the book. I can't, it just left I me that. Remember. Anyway, this idea that there's a fundamental something that we are all tethered to, that something mm -hmm. includes all things, past, yeah. present, and future. Uh, you know, the Akashic addresses it. There's a, you know, it's been called mm -hmm. many names, but somehow we are tethered to it. We can attack the how or why some people have more of a proclivity to it than others later. But the what of it all could be the consciousness of that field. Yeah. 
that not only knows all of that, but knows us intimately. Why were you given these very specific symbols? Somehow it knew that your consciousness would attach yourself to the significance of that or remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, oh God, I could, I could talk about this for, for oh so Oh my gosh, so we long. should sometime. My, my <laughs> own thought should. is that um, I, I believe now at this point in my life, there's a consciousness field that is out there. There's, call it God, call it God a divine intelligence, a high level of intelligence that permeates all of existence. I just think we're like a drop of water in the ocean. That's really what William I Blake think. Said, so, that's what William Blake said. We yeah, are, and when, when this body dies, the drop goes into the ocean. Yeah. Um, maybe, yeah. Um, yeah. But somehow we're connected to that ocean, even in these bodies, I guess. And I don't know how it fully works, uh, certainly. And I don't, know fully how time works. I mean, has everything that ever has existed and will exist currently existing right now all at once? We, we've had, this is one of our late night <laughs> conversations, early morning yeah. conversations. And is it true? And I, you know, honestly, I, I think probably it is true. I think probably there's a future that's been done. There's the past that's still with us. And we're, we're just, it's all like, a, it's a mountain range. And when you're in it, as we are, where we see ourselves going up and over in mountains. But if you have the perspective of God, as it were, you step back and you see oh, it's all really one mountain range. Past Absolutely. And future. Right, right. Many people who have reported OBEs, hello, OBEs, whether spontaneous or self-initiated, have talked about this lack of perception of time, including not just time, but space, being able to see what's yeah. behind them, having a 360 degree view. Um, so there's some states of consciousness that clearly catapult us out of the confines or the construct of time. So, you know, who's to say, I've always found the idea of time or the lack thereof, as we know at linear time, fascinating. And that's something that I studied uh, very, very young. But speaking of OBEs, I got to get some plugs in here. Anthony Peake is going to be, I love his topic, you guys. He's going to be talking mm-hmm. about the possible link between OBEs, NDEs, and UFO encounters. Um, this is something that Free, the Foundation for Research into Extraterrestrial Encounters, who since changed their name, did an extensive study on with some amazing results. So this is something else. Again, bringing this common thread of consciousness throughout all of these disciplines and all of these anomalies of reality and coming up with some conclusion, which Tracy, I think you've said, we are so much more mm-hmm. than we give ourselves credit for. Anthony, Anthony by the way, is going to be on the Yeah. Very original thinker. Yeah. He Anthony? has an amazing theory of reality that oh. he'll discuss on your show. He's going to be on top. next week. Yes. Highly, high, really mm-hmm. smart guy. Yeah, so delighted to have Anthony on. So he'll be on next week. But um, let's let's kind of toggle before we close out. We're not going to go too long. By the way, we're going to go over to the after show. We'll t- tell you in a minute what we're going to be talking about, which is what I'm going to bring up right now. And that has to do with this, Richard, because you're part of this too. You're going to be emceeing this, this, this event. But here you are coming from the world. I call it the mes- mechanistic aspects of the UFO reality. The lights in the sky, the government cover, of which is multi-layered, extraordinarily complex, and you've obviously done a stellar job in um, kicking the tires on what the heck is going on. But as you have dedicated so many years into this 
part of the conversation. Then we've got this other conversation, which has to do with the experiential aspect of reality. Do you see a convergence at some point coming on? Because these were two completely different camps. These, you know, the thinkers over here versus the experiencers over here. Has Tracy helped with that? Or what, what are we seeing here? Do you think yeah, well, <laughs> she absolutely has. Uh, it's been, you know, it's been a long journey, I guess I'll say. And all that I've ever tried to do is understand that that phenomenon. Uh, so I got into UFOs 30 years ago as basically a puzzle, as a riddle. And for me, the riddle was if our government says that there's nothing to this, why are, why are there these declassified government documents that seem to say otherwise? And I thought, well, there's a discrepancy here. And so that's what got me in. And uh, I, I love a good puzzle. That's really what my most fun thing is, like figuring things out. Yeah. But what that means essentially is having understanding of what this is. And it's very easy once you start getting into something like UFOs to realize this is a deep, deep ocean. This isn't just um, who's flying these mechanical objects. That's a big part of it. And we do need to understand that and everything about them. But it turns out the everything about them part takes you into consciousness. Yes. Like yes. it does. I mean, it's just one thing. Like you have all of these people have had experiences, who've had some alleged, we'll say alleged communication with other beings. Okay. You can say it's alleged, but the fact is there's so many of them and there's such a consistency overall. Uh, there's variations, yeah, but there's a lot of consistency. And one of them is telepathic communication. And, you know, I, I could I could take the ro role of a highly skeptical scientist and say, well, this does not fit my worldview and it doesn't, it doesn't satisfy my criterion for a proper experiment. Therefore, I'm going to discard it. That's what a lot of them do. But what if you're dealing with a phenomenon that's just a little bit more difficult, a little bit more advanced, and furthermore comes from a, an intelligence that's beyond us? Mm -hmm. Are we really going to be in a position to take all of our tools of observation and analysis? Are we really going to be able to understand that on their level? Insofar as, like, what if they, you know, they're just operating on this level and we're not there? So I would, um, I think we'd be very foolish to discard this information that many, many people are getting. Mm -hmm. And I can't say that we know for a fact that all of those communications people are having are accurate or true. And I've met a number of people in my life that I just did not believe. But I've met other people where I not only believed them, but I think that they were you know, very accurate in what they said. And it's a judgment call, I admit. But what else do we have? I feel when you're dealing with a very difficult subject, which this is, let's get our information from where we can get it. So anyway, to answer your question, what we have learned when a human being has a telepathic or an apparent telepathic connection with another alien being, that says several things. One is that it says something about them. They have this ability, whether it's innate or technological, they can do it. It says something about us too. The fact that we can receive such things Indeed. tells us we've got something going on that we don't normally activate. And so that's worth knowing. We should know about that. Why go through an entire lifetime, your whole life, and you're simply in reactive mode? You're like, 
I got to do my job. I got to pay the bills. I got to cook dinner. I've got to, and then you, you know, you study your little things here and there, but really to go deep, that's difficult. And Hey, we all have an opportunity to go deep into some of these issues. And for me, it's just what a waste it would be not to continue asking these questions. Like, what are we? What is this time that we find ourselves in? I don't know if I, I'm sure I will never get to the core of all of the answers that I want, but hey, I may get a couple. I may glean a few. And it's really the rewarding thing is the journey itself. That's no what question. I this has got to be one of the best conversations of the year so far. It is the first, but I'm, I'm being facetious. This is one of the best <laughs> conversations, period. This is just, you guys, this has been um, rich with, obviously, with the Dolans here. How can you not have a deep conversation like this? But I mean, these are the things that we're really going to have to start mm-hmm. um, investing our time and 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 thought experiments toward. Tracy, right? This is yeah. this is the moment. And you're right, Richard. How could you not be asking these questions, particularly after you've had a brush with the quote unusual? I can't tell you the number of people that I have spoken with that have had, and all of them will say, this is the first time I've ever told anyone this. You, you all know that we just brought that up. And I will ask them, so what have you done post this experience to 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 unearth a little bit more about it or you? Great question. Nothing. Yeah. Oftentimes they're afraid of it. They're afraid to look. But the question becomes, are they afraid to ask the question about who they really are? Right. Is it really about the fear of the other or the experience or could it be the fear of self-discovery? I think it could be both. Definitely could be the fear of self-discovery, but look at what we're doing when people are reporting these things. You know, um, again, some are credible and some are not, but these people are basically left on their own because society consensus reality rejects this and they're isolated. They have uh, many of them, not all of them, but many of them even have uh, markers of trauma that match all other markers of trauma in any other area. And we are just leaving these people on their own to try to sort this out. And this is another reason why this element needs to be addressed. And I want to bring this to the conference and why what you're doing is so important because people need to have resources of how to deal with this outside of themselves and within themselves. I mean, it's, it's quite a journey to not just reconcile it in your mind, what has happened, but, um, to, I mean, it's almost hard to speak to because what we're talking about is people having experiences that are so far out of their worldview and their world paradigm. And our, our authorities are not helping them in any way to, gr- to put hooks in and ground themselves into reality and go, oh, you know, this was not my, they know it wasn't their imagination, Mm -hmm. but there's nothing there for them. So it's so important on so many levels, I I think, to uh, open up this discussion and uh, open it up with people who've been thinking about it for a really long time. So just wanted to add that to it. Yeah. I I would just add, um, talked about the fear, like why, why is there this fear? I think there's a natural fear of, of uh, like when we change our paradigm, we change our worldview. Uh, that is actually a, a scary thing. Um, we, I don't think any of us likes that feeling of kind of like floating uh, without having our feet on some kind of ground. Like, mm-hmm. what is reality? 
uh, it's not comfortable. When I first started getting into the UFO topic about 30 years ago, uh, it was fascinating, but it was very unsettling for me for at least a while uh, because I had gone through a certain portion of my life thinking this is how the world is. And that, then suddenly I'm getting all this information, a lot of it historical. And I then as now wanted to be an expert in certain areas of history. And I had to modify uh, long-standing beliefs that I had already developed mm -hmm. about what the nature of American history or world history was. That was very uncomfortable for me. I didn't like to do that, but I, I some for whatever reason I did. But it's that feeling of free floating. Like we, I think this is why people argue about politics and religion all the time. They're foundational uh, things on which we we get psychological solidity from, and we don't we don't like our world getting messed around like that. It's yeah, beautifully it's sad. cognitive dissonance, right? It is. That is. That's the mm -hmm. quintessential cognitive dissonance. I, I think of the. I have this image of um, sort of a uh, foundational infrastructure that a lifetime is built around, perhaps multi generations, if the belief systems have been handed down through ancestry, and all of a sudden they're obliterated in an instant. And I think the free falling analogy is a perfect one. We think of dreams, Tracy, where mm -hmm. there's a sense of falling with no support, and it's very unsettling. So mm -hmm. I think that would be an apt uh, analogy to use. Um, so the question is, what advice might we give? What advice might we give to the young people who have not spent 30, 40 years building a worldview? See, I think, mm -hmm. you know, they say that children are our future. There are now. Um, but I think the young people particularly are the ones that are not only uh, the most ripe to embrace this larger perspective of reality, but are coming here with a larger perspective of reality. Look at the quote, new children, or, you know, we have different names for them that already have a proclivity toward these ideas. So there are some things that are changing, you know, we're looking at an age going out and a new age coming in of people. Mm -hmm. So uh, this has been great. Listen, okay. We've gone, we're, I said it was going to be 30 minutes. We've gone 45, but it, well worth it. Close to 45. I want to bring up a couple of things. Richard Dolan, you're just showing up everywhere, my man. <laughs> Tracy, thank you for sending this to me. I'm really excited about UFO Revolution and your your appearance in that. This is a TMZ yeah. three-part series, three-part sort of mini docu-series. I mm -hmm. think it's going to be coming like tomorrow or the day after, or yeah, I, we're not on top of it either, but uh, we know it appears on Tubi. And so like, we're old. We're like, well, I'll speak for myself. Yeah. I'm old. I'm like, what's, what's Tubi? Uh, <laughs> what is this new platform? <laughs> but it's apparently it's big and everyone's like, uh, yes, Richard is pretty damn big. <laughs> yeah. We were so, asking people to, so uh, it's on Tubi. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think it was really good. Like um, when we first, were contacted by TMZ. They wanted to shoot me for this. Once we realized we're like, uh, really TMZ? Like, because they have a very sensationalistic <laughs> reputation, but it turns out they were quite serious about this. And I will say when they, they came here, they, uh, shot me in the living room with this and they were, um, questions were good. The questions were like exactly the right the right kinds of questions for me. They were well educated, and uh, they had they were deep into uh, studying Richard. You know, a year and a half in, they, I think. So they, they were, yeah, quite quite. So it was very that was good. And others, um, of course, because it was good to participate in that. And we haven't 
seen anything other than the trailer, but the trailer right. looked uh, interesting. It looked great. It is out. Uh, the episode episode one is out. Just okay. So no, yeah, we haven't seen it yet, but it's okay. there. That's yeah. great. It's somewhere out there. People go find it. <laughs> we'll we'll have a link. I yeah, I know what Tubi is. And Richard, you and I are about you the did? same age. I know what Tubi is because it's an app on our our television. I never downloaded no. it. I do recall seeing it. It's kind of a big deal. Yeah, all of them are now. Yeah, we didn't what? realize, but it for other people who are here that may not know, apparently it's like a free Netflix, right? It was a, a I think so. streamer. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. But I so. think Maybe it has ads. I don't know how they do it, but it's uh, free. So people want yeah. to check it out. They Absolutely. Yeah. Shout out to Tubi. You got yourself a free plug, but all well worth <laughs> it because your UFO revolution, I think, is going to be quite uh, quite the interesting special along with so many others that are coming out right now. Richard, we got another um, briefing, right? Congressional briefing from the... Yeah. Uh, coming, uh, up. coming up from where? It's coming up from the... I had it written down here. It's coming up Friday. They're going that's to be right. and that's the uh, the House Oversight Committee. House Thank Oversight you. Committee. Thank you. And that'll be on the twelfth on Friday. Uh, I mean, you know, leading that group is Tim Burchett, but he's got a lot of other Anna Paulina Luna and uh, lots of other folks, uh, Jared Moskowitz. So a number of them, these are Republican and Democratic members of the House, will be briefed on. Um, this is a classified briefing on UAP. That's really all that we know. We just know that there's going to be another briefing on this. Um, and whether or not we, the public, are going to hear everything about what is said there is is the great question. I imagine, uh, you know, uh, I think Burchett, I think most of these people, these members of Congress, to me, they seem very genuine in their desire to, to get real information mm -hmm. about this. Uh, because I think they realize they've been out of the loop, too. That's the thing. They're not part of the cover-up. They realize Congress has been pushed almost out of government in mm -hmm. many ways. And so I think some of them are thinking, I don't like this. So they want some answers. So I, I suspect that if there's anything really interesting, uh, we may get some glimmer of it. But whether we're really going to get classified stuff, obviously. That oh, it's a limited hangout, you guys. Come on. It'll be, I think, so. sorry for jumping on. But I, oh, well, you know what? You know, how, how about we... Yeah, could be. How about we go over to the after show and go a little bit deeper into it? Yeah, what do you say? Let's do that. Because there's more to talk about there. And and again, what I, what I started to say is this sort of juxtaposition between the timing of the 2B thing coming out. Here we go again. I got to bring it up. And, and this oversight um, committee uh, hearing, not hearing, a briefing, yeah. you know, this keeps happening, you guys. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I I can't help but to acknowledge timing of when these things, they tend to come out in clusters. What's well, thing, things where our history is uh, kind of speeding up in on many levels. I think, you know, it's speeding up in the UAP or UFO arena. It's speeding up in everything. It's speeding up in AI. It's speeding up in technology mm -hmm. of all sorts. Speeding up in wow. social change is going on all around us. Everything's going fast now. And mm -hmm. so I suspect that with UAP, we're looking at uh, uh, just everything's picking up speed here. And where this is going to go, this well, is the time. If you're a spectator, get the popcorn, get a front row seat, because <laughs> right. there's a lot that's going on it's that uh, you'll want to know about. Wow. Let's go next door and talk about it a little bit more. What do you say? Yep. <laughs> but before we do, 
you guys. I'm so excited to be a part of this event. The 27th of January, 27th and 28th of January, we will have a link. They've got a beautiful website, beautifully done on the event. And it's going to be, speaking of, this will be an unlimited hangout. How about that? There's <laughs> going really to be. Well. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll, I'll just say we, we've done some of these types of events before where I have mm -hmm. kind of uh, led them. This is one where Tracy's leading it. But in all of them, we've developed a, a really, I have to say, a great system by which attendees, it's all it's almost like a conference where you're there in person. I mean, mm -hmm. not exactly, but we really try to approximate that. So there's a live, wide open chat experience. All the way for through. All the attendees. All the way. So they can talk and yell and do whatever at each other. We do have <laughs> moderation there. So it's but but it's it's great. So people can talk to other attendees, they can talk to us at various times when we are available. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like that conference vibe uh, where people are there for the entire day, you know, in and out, you go make lunch, come back, but mm -hmm. you're there. It's, it's an immersive environment, mm -hmm. which is one of the beautiful things about any conference that you go to in person. You want that immersive experience. Mm -hmm. And we mm -hmm. try to provide that with us. I just want to add another kind of neat thing is uh, when speakers are there, some of them have already spoken about uh, wanting to watch the other lectures and they have the opportunity to be in chat with everybody else. So you, uh, for people watching or people are going to be there, that's something to look out for, you know, mm -hmm. because they're thinking about all these things all the time. And uh, so a lot of those people will be in chat. I, I may drop into that chat we, while you're talking. You we, never know. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> while we, I hope I can't see it. <laughs> But uh, in the morning and at the end of the day, there's also, uh, this continues, but at those times, people have the option to turn their cameras on and they mm -hmm. can sort of have some FaceTime with other people and have uh, dialogues that way. So it's kind of a nice way for people to integrate. And there's a few other things. We'll see if they come together, some, mm -hmm. maybe some fun polls and little Oh yeah, little, no, we're, we're thinking of, uh, of, of nice things to throw in there, make it fun. That are going to happen during it. So we'll see. But uh, we're really looking forward to it. And um, we have everybody that we've picked, I think, has something really uh, unique and special to share with everyone. So we're mm. looking forward. Absolutely. Guys, I'm going to tell you something. We're, we're not live, but you, we might as well be because we just, we're both Tracy, Richard, and I, and my husband, Derek, are dealing with some crazy weather. We had to stop kind of in the middle, huge thunder, pow, and 50 mile an hour winds and then we lost internet. So please forgive us. This is going to be maybe a little choppy in post-production, but we'll do our best. We were winding down. Tracy, I'm going to have you say the final word and then we're going to go over to Patreon before we lose power. Right. Tracy, Richard, final words. And then we're going to Patreon. <laughs> if you get a chance, uh, come and check it out. We tried to make this as reasonable as possible for our conference, but there are amazing speakers. I we eat want cheap. <laughs> and, yeah. And uh, we're trying to uh, create a sense of community. And I think we've put together something that is going to be really worth people's while. And uh, we hope to see you there. Yeah, I could not say I could. You said it perfectly. Uh, uh, you've, you'll have a link for this below, but yes. people can always check out our website, richardolanmembers.com. At mm -hmm. the very top, we have a banner, Tracy's face. You click it and it'll take you right there as well. That's right. Uh, it's really easy. But uh, I'm excited. I think I tell Tracy every day, like, I think this is an exciting conference and um, I'm very proud to be part of it as the MC. I'm just happy to be there with all of, all of you researchers who have been doing the hard work yourself, 
Alexis, my wife, and all the other people who are going to be there. Uh, I enjoy this because this is not my expertise, you know, but I like to learn and I find it fascinating. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. You heard it from Richard Dolan. There you have it. Well, thank you again and honor to the both of you for having us all. It is going to be fun. And you better believe I'm going to be one of those people checking out the everything on precognition and retro causality. We didn't even get into that. You guys can the future have an effect on the past? Another we will, we will been, be addressing woo, that. I know. Mm-hmm. Don't miss it. You guys don't miss it. Link below. We're going to Patreon before we lose power. So <laughs> love you. Thank you, Richard and Tracy Dolan. Bye. Our pleasure. <laughs> Thanks.